Hello, back with another uh, Canadian self-storage information podcast here. Today we're going to be talking about Metro Vancouver's population uh, growth. There was a, a great research uh, article or piece released by Metro Vancouver in December of 2018 that I've uh, been picking through doing some feasibility work in the area and, and I found a lot of things pretty interesting. So I wanted to, to jump on that. Um, kind of ramping up into the June uh, CSSA show in Vancouver. If you're wondering why there's been a lot of West Coast focus uh, in this podcast and articles, that that would be why. Uh, that's our next event, um, early June. Uh, I will be speaking there apparently twice. Uh, so I just wanted to get a bunch of content out there in case people had some questions after that or if they wanted to educate themselves before that, they had some uh, resources. So uh, once that one's over, we'll, uh, we'll do a shift back east. Um, found out last week as well. We're coming to the Maritimes with the luncheon tour uh, in July. Sue from CSSA has uh, the dates. Uh, she has told them to me, but I have since forgotten them. Uh, it's right around the 15th, though. Uh, we hit in three cities. Uh, so all you Maritime folks who don't feel like we pay enough attention to you, we're coming out to you. Uh, so I wanted to get that out there as well. Um, so yeah, there was a article, uh, or a, a research piece or a, a paper, whatever you want to call it, uh, that says overview of Metro Vancouver's, uh, regional growth plan. So Metro Vancouver, which is a bunch of the municipalities in the lower mainland, excluding, um, Mission, Chilliwack, Abbotsford, Alder Grove, uh, those areas, um, did a growth study, um, I released it in twenty or December 2018, so pretty current here. Um, having said that, there's some data in it. It's a little dated that's actually already been proven incorrect. Um, but that's how these research things go. Um, so right now, it's uh, in sort of reaching out to 2040, 2050. Um, <clears throat> the metro plan was metro 2040, so they can plan for transit and transportation. But the population growth... Stats are to 2050, so that's sort of what we're looking at. Uh, 30 years, we'll just pretend it's 2020 at this point because we're almost there anyway. Um, so they're saying that Metro Vancouver is going to add 1 million people uh, on a moderate growth uh, trajectory. You know, they, they say up to 1.5 million on the high growth and as little as 750 on the low growth. Well, all the stats that are coming out now are saying we're closer to that high growth line. Um, so we're going to add between a million and 1.25 million by 2050. Um, in addition, the other municipalities that are not included in Metro, Chilliwack, Abbotsford, Aldergrove, those, the ones sort of deeper in the valley, Agassiz, Hope, all that, they're, they're looking to add between 250 and half a million people. So we're looking at between 1.25 to 1.75 million people moving into the lower mainland in the next 30 years. Uh, my recent work in Vancouver has shown, or not just Vancouver, but sort of the lower mainland, has shown a per capita demand of storage in the 3.75 to 4.25 range. Um, so take the average of all of that stuff put together, and we're looking between 5 and 6 million square feet of storage that will be demanded by the new population moving in. Um, something to note as well is all the statistics we've put together and are compiling and, and I keep talking about this and it, it's a bigger project than I ever imagined, uh, are showing that the market depth or the usage of storage in Canada 
which was at about four and a half percent in 2007 has increased to somewhere around six and a half percent. So not only is population growing, uh, but the number of or the percentage of that population using storage is also growing. So you're going to see that per capita number slowly edge up as we move forward here. So where do we build five to six million square feet of storage in the lower mainland? You know, in the next 30 years. Well, <clears throat> downtown Vancouver is probably running into situations where it's prohibitively expensive to even consider building storage there in the next 30 years. I mean, there are some projects underway, and that, that is good to see, but people are paying a pretty penny for land right now. Um, you know, the last self-storage lands equate to about $30 million an acre. It's about $650 a square foot of land. That's, uh, that's a big number. And although rents still kind of support performing those projects based on the high rents in the area, I don't know how much longer that'll hold out. Um, you know, we've seen increases in industrial land in, in downtown Vancouver stop or, or slow to almost a halt. However, they're not going down. Um, other things that we're running into is development restrictions. Uh, City of Vancouver has um, made it so that uh, False Creek Flats are self-storage is prohibited use. City of Burnaby really doesn't want to consider any new self-storage in their area, even though they are adding population at a at a major rate with new towers and, and everything, but no new self-storage at this point. Port Coquitlam is a little difficult to get zoning in as well, so, and this is something we're seeing more and more, and, and there's a few reasons for that, and the major one is municipalities see that self-storage don't provide employment. Uh, you know, you're employing two or three or four people, and that's it, um, but you're taking up a major piece of land to do it, and, and they're not just, they're just not seeing the employment um, that they'd like to see out of it. Now, they never shy away from taking the property taxes from these self-storage facilities, which pay an inordinate amount of tax based on the services they require from municipality. I mean, even a large self-storage facility is going to have a toilet flushed maybe five times a day. Um, you know, once a facility is stabilized, there's not a lot of uh, traffic coming in and out because people don't visit their lockers all that often. In addition to the cities are missing the fact that uh, self-storage facilities allow smaller businesses to operate without having to lease space. And that can be a real challenge. Uh, you know, it's daunting to sign a five-year lease as a startup or or to have the ability to even sign a five-year lease or, or you want to grow your business, but you don't know if you can commit to that much extra space. Well, you can use a self-storage facility for your storage needs for a bit. Um, so what do we see is sort of the way forward on this? Um, what I'm seeing now is, is some mixed-use developments being proposed. Uh, we've seen that throughout the U.S. already in major population centers where you have ground floor retail and, and maybe some office use and then self-storage as well in a building, which gets around those, those restrictions of, uh, or those feelings of there's not enough employment. Uh, higher density. Uh, I'm currently working on some pretty major sized projects in the lower mainland because to make the land value work, you have to build out to the major, the, you know, the maximum density. And, and, you know, luckily the the people I'm working with on that 
are are very understanding of the fact that building that uh, like that much storage um you know whether it be 250 or 300,000 feet of rentable area is going to take longer to absorb but they know that the demand is coming um you know and we're probably going to see prices increase especially in in the outlying municipalities uh you know in Vancouver I think we've reached a point now where the price increases are slowing um occupancy has definitely let off a little bit in some facilities but we're also talking $400 a month for a 10 by 10 maybe even more in some of the downtown facilities and that starts becoming pretty prohibitive for people to to store stuff for any length of time so we are seeing in at least downtown Vancouver um and some of the sort of, sort of Burnaby and, and some of the other very close in municipalities to the, the population center there we're seeing average length of stay shortened as well and that that's a direct you know, impact or result of uh, the higher prices. People just can't afford to pay 400 or $500 a month every month on top of their massive mortgages and everything else. Um, so, you know, price increases, I think you'll see them come up in the outlying municipalities, but they're going to slow in the major municipalities because at some point in time, people just can't afford to pay four or $500 a month for a storage locker. I think we're going to see higher occupancies in facilities too. Um, you know, my recent work around Metro, you know, you got, you got some class B facilities, 77, 80%. Uh, but then the class A's are all 88, 92% full. And I think you may see those pushing, all of them push into the nineties and the 92, 94% just because there's less storage available. Uh, we do have new projects coming online in Vancouver. However, um, you know, with the, the building cycle, it's just sort of like 2008 all over again, where everyone built in 2008 and said, you're oversupplying the market. And then 10 years later, we need to build more storage because we haven't built anything. So, I, you know, I, I think what this is going to come down to is working with municipalities and planning departments to, to explain to them why storage is important, but also how you can be a valuable member of the, the community to get favorable zoning in areas where you may not have originally got favorable zoning or higher densities or mixed use um, developments. And, and I think that's going to be the only way that we're going to be able to, to fulfill this oncoming demand um, for storage. I mean, it, it, it's an asset class that a lot of people have taken notice of in the last two or three years, a lot of people entering the market, but you know, there's a, also a lot of uh, barriers to entry. I mean, $30 million just to buy a piece of land and then another $20 million to, to build a storage facility and then six years to lease it up. We're talking some pretty big numbers. And even if money is kind of cheap, like that, that's a diff- difficult road to, to go down. So we're going to have to get creative. Uh, I'm working with a few municipalities, a couple on the island, a few in Metro as well, about helping them with their planning um regimes around storage and what they can do to to get what they need out of it while also servicing what their um the residents need because self-storage is a need of of a lot of residents so you know having said that uh i think it's going to be a real interesting few years here and uh i think the population estimates in this article which i will link in the in the article attached to this podcast if you'd like to go give it a read I think they're going to be wrong and they're going to be wrong in a low sense. I think there's going to be more immigration 
to Vancouver from the rest of Canada, but also the rest of the world. It's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful place to live. Yeah, cost of living is high, but cost of living is high in any major city around the world. Um, very few places you can snowboard, play around the golf, and go surfing all in the same day and, and be in beautiful rainforests or uh, on the beach within 45 minutes. So moving forward, I think we're going to have to work on mixed use, maybe some higher density, working on some creative, uh, creative uses as well, um, putting some storage in some places we normally wouldn't. And all that we should be able to at least take care of some of this demand that's coming. Um, I do see prices in the surrounding areas in Metro, not the core municipalities, Vancouver, Burnaby, um, Surrey to some extent. But uh, I see prices everywhere else. Gonna, they're probably going to start increasing as occupancies push up. Um, you know, the valley, you can still buy houses for under a million bucks, which is not the case in Vancouver anymore. So you're going to get population building out there, and that's going to tighten storage. And we don't usually build for coming demand. We build for demand that's already existing. So it's going to take some time to catch up. If you get any more, more questions on this, or if you are a municipality and want to chat, please feel free to reach out to me. Contact information is in the article attached to this. Um, like I said, we'll be in Vancouver at the CSSA in June. Uh, we're also doing the luncheon tour in July in the Maritimes. October in Red Deer. November in uh, Toronto. And if I can convince my boss it's worth me going in September to Vegas, I'll be back there uh, for the Canadian Mixer. Uh, I don't think it'll be that hard to do. So again, any questions, comments, please feel free to drop me an email. Um, contact info is at the bottom of the article. Love if you could leave me a five-star review. Uh, and any feedback is, of course, welcome. We're also going to be looking to start doing interviews with self-storage participants, people in the market, whether you be a builder, an owner, a real estate agent, you know that I'd, I'd love to get some other people's takes on the market and what they're seeing. Um, so if that's something you're interested in, please feel free to reach out. Uh, we can meet in Vancouver at the conference. I got some time set aside. I'll bring my recorder. Um, or in my travels as well, I'm across Canada. Uh, so yeah, that would be great. And just one other note, um, and I'll be reaching out to a bunch of my clients on this. Apparently, we've been having some email issues with our CSSVS email, uh, which explains why I've not gotten responses from some of you on reports and stuff I've sent. Uh, apparently, things weren't getting delivered. So I'll be reaching back out in the next week or so just to touch base with people I've not heard from. Uh, but if you are one of those people and I have not gotten to you yet, please reach back out to me as well. Uh, anyway... Uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.